And the first uh, We Hageless episode of Belligerent Beeves commences. Is he really not coming the whole time? Is that fact? It's hard to blame him. He's in Hawaii with his, with his, uh, I, I almost just said fiance. It's, it's not his fiance yet. Sorry if I'm ruining that. I don't think Yuri listens to the show. But <laughs> then, then he's in Hawaii for a wedding <laughs> with his with his girl, his with his amazing girlfriend Yuri, um, and is having a great time. Um, I I wish I was in Hawaii right now, even if we're having an unseasonably warm few days in the Twin Cities area. Most Hawaii Februarys are better than all Minnesota Februarys. Most Hawaii anything, usually, usually. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, I haven't been to, have you been to, you've been to Hawaii somewhat recently, right? Yeah, I'm going in July. Oh, you are? Yeah. Nice. I think I, July. I feel like my, my voice got real high then. You are? <laughs> you can't come. Ah, uh, damn it. <laughs> Actually, I That's, think it's June. It I've is June. Been, I went to Hawaii with my family when I was 15. That's the only time I've been there. What? Dude, you need to go back. Yeah. What are you waiting for? I, I don't know. I really should have planned a trip for, for this year, but alas. It, this would have been the year. This would have been the year, but you know what? It's I, I don't think Hawaii is going anywhere, and I'll I'll make God, it out I hope there. Not. If, if <laughs> it's it's hard to say for sure what the state of the world these days, but I think next winter I will have the opportunity to go to Hawaii if I have uh, the time and funds to uh to funnel towards that resource. You can do it. I have sure. faith in you. Thank you, JP. Uh, your support is all I need. Uh, I am sad we isn't here, though, because this is the 36th episode of the Belligerent Abuse podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And right away, when I think of the number 36 and I think of Oregon State sports, I think of my favorite cornerback, I think, uh, do you ever wear the orange and black, and that's Brandon Hughes who is yeah. part of an incredible Oregon State trio of cornerbacks when we were in school with himself, Keenan Lewis, and Tim Clark. And I know Benny loves Keenan Lewis, like loves, loves Keenan Lewis. I think because one of the years Benny went to the Sun Bowl, he saw Keenan Lewis like get warming up and like said what's up to him. And Keenan said what's up back. And that, that's just enough. <laughs> That'll to, do it. <laughs> that's an, if you, yeah, if you're looking to get allegiance from WeHage for eternity, just say what's up to him. He's that, he's that nice of a guy. Uh, and I was going to ask you, is Tim Clark your favorite cornerback the Beavs have had? Because then it'd be like, we're, we're kind of the uh, old out of shape white guy podcasting version of that trio of just dope ass cornerbacks. <laughs> Uh, I would say, yeah, actually. So I, I met Tim in the dorms. He used to, oh, nice. for some reason, come into Holly Hall, second floor. Shout out Holly Hall. And uh, yeah, dude, I used to like kick it with him. He was a cool ass dude. Big shout out to Tim Clark. I really liked Tim because he always wore, I always would see him on campus wearing a twins hat because we called him TC and yeah. we had those great TC initials. So I'm sure that was the reason, but he never I never asked him if it was because of the initials or if he was just a Twins fan. So I'm just going to go ahead and think that it was for both of those reasons. So I love I love a good uh initial hat when it when it lines up. What was it? He he played in the USFL for a little bit like the Sacramento team. What were they called? You remember? Sacramento uh River Cats is baseball. Yeah, but it was like it's it was something like... Like Panthers or Cougars or something like that. Don't they? Isn't there a team called the River Rats? No, River Cats. That is. No, the, this is... no there's. A, I know there's a River Cats, but I think there's a River Rats too. What? <laughs> That's like a, a copyright know. infringement. No, because it's technically a different animal. Just because it rhymes. If that's infringement, then we're infringing the fuck out of a few things on this podcast. <laughs> All right, no, let's 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 figure this out once and for all. Sacramento. I mean, it was USFL. USFL. No, it was US. That, it was USL. Yeah. USL. Was it USFL? The Sacramento Mountain Lions. Yeah, the Mountain Lions, dude. Yeah, the Mountain Lions. Mountain Lions. I knew it was a. I knew it was a two-word animal. Nice job, nice job. Yeah, Mountain Lions legend TC Tim Clark. Right. What happened to this league? Dante Culpepper was their quarterback. Oh, yeah. I, I knew Dante went to the USFL towards the end of his career. Wait, did Dante and Tim Clark overlap? 
I think they were on the team together. They had to have. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Sam Clark, come on the pod and give us Dude, the, real. Dante Culpepper stories. I will do. I still love Dante Culpepper. He's not. He didn't get a fair shake here. Obviously, his knee exploded, which isn't fair. But oh. I, <laughs> I, I feel fair. like, yeah, it's you know, it's he's he's not remembered in the same regard as he should be. Because his great 2004 season, which would have won MVP in almost any NFL season before it just happened that same year that Peyton Manning threw 49 touchdown passes and shattered like every single season passing record at the time. So like Dante had like the fourth highest quarterback rating in a single season ever, but the first highest quarterback rating for a single season happened in the same season. So he didn't get his MVP, but that dude and Randy were so fun to watch, but this is not about the Minnesota Vikings as much as I want it to be. It's about Oregon <laughs> or State the Sacramento Sports. Mountain Lions. And I just have to say one more thing about Brandon Hughes. Uh, my, one of my favorite Beaver plays ever was that five play goal line stand against Cal in 2007, uh, throwing Justin Forsett to the ground on that fourth down. Uh, Hugh, both Hughes and Tim Clark are on the outside of that pile. It really was such a dope team effort on, on that whole sequence. And after four seconds thrown into the ground, a clear yard short of the goal line, you just see that number 36 tearing up the field, screaming. Um, and yeah, I just, I love the way Hughes played. I love the way that secondary and that defense uh, played. And they were so fun to watch. And Hughes was, he's one of my favorites. Um, great, great beaver. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's an honor to celebrate his number tonight with that, this 36 episode. As we should. As, As we should. As we for sure said. So cheers to you, uh, Brandon Brandon Hughes. Um, you mentioned right before we started recording, uh, I'm in your untapped photo. Photo, yeah. Um, what what oh, yeah. beer are you ph- photographing? Photographing. A, <laughs> I'm photographing uh, this big kush with Nelson. I think Nelson okay. is a type of hops. So All right. It's a double IPA, New England style double IPA from Kushwa Brewing again. Didn't I just have that last week? I don't remember. But either way, it's uh, it's delightful instead of good. I always say it's nice. good. And th- today it's delightful. It's always a good double IPA. <laughs> what about you, Tara? I saw something in a unique glass, one that we don't usually well, see. Yeah, this- I'm actually, I'm being, I'm being a classy boy tonight. I'm drinking wine. And, and I have some beer in the fridge. I have some beer that hasn't even been on this podcast. But, you know, I finished up my uh, my Pelly workouts this evening, did a little bit of work, had had a, had a small, I'd say appropriately sized pizza for for a, a Solo 34-year-old. Pizza? Yeah, you know, just there's a pizza place down by me that, like, that doesn't have the same sort of minimum. So it's like the 10-inch, like, small six-piecer. And it's like the exact right amount of food. Because if anything, bigger you, than what were like, your toppings? Ooh, this is gonna be hard because it's like a lot. It's um, so it's at Pizza Luce. It's called the Boss, uh, and it has like pepperoni and peppers, but also just sort of these like uh, Giordana uh, peppers. So it's got a, a bit of bit of kick to it. Oh, um, and some jalapenos as well. So it's wow. um, so you got your veggies. Little, little bit, I got, I got my veggies. It's, it's basically a salad on bread with pepperonis thrown in um, <laughs> with, with a bit of heat. Um, and I was, just, yeah. I was just feeling wine. And um, I get, you know, uh, a wine subscription as well. So oh, this is, are you plugging this a, now? This is a Pinot Noir from Rising Tail, which is from Valle Central in Chile. Wow. Um, which is, you know... I'm reading this off of the wine card. They said whatever. I'm not. <laughs> I did. I watched the sommelier <laughs> documentaries on Netflix. I am not a sommelier. Uh, I'm way too easy to please when it. Com- I'm easy to please when it comes to beer. So you know, I'm easy to please when it comes with to to wine. I can generally taste the difference in like nice wine to just average wine. But if someone messed with me, I probably wouldn't notice. Um, but it's. <laughs> New World Moderate Climate is the style of a vineyard for it. Um, it says this pe- the pe- this Pinot Noir is all red fruit on the nose and palate with flavors of raspberry and strawberry, most prominent, characteristically silky tannins and milder acidity, and they give you great pa- like ideal pairings for each one. So this one is roasted mushroom soup. Mu- roasted mushroom soup. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Have you ever made that in your religion. life? Have you ever made Have any made of it? these meals in your life? To pair with? <laughs> no. 
but well maybe i did there is a there is one that was like uh like just straight up like pasta uh certain kind of pasta pairing it was like a little bit nicer of a pasta than i would normally make i can't remember it but i did i gave it the old college try and it turned out pretty good also classic beef wellington and the last one is true crime documentaries so while i don't have the utensils to cook a classic beef wellington in my home i could watch a true crime documentary after this and at least hit one out of three on the suggested pairings for the this rising tail pinot noir so that's what i'm drinking wait wait what wine club are you using bright sellers bright sellers bright sellers there's a million of those now believe it or not terry you know this I might be a double IPA only on the pod kind of guy and a lot uh, outside of the pod, but I do enjoy myself a nice red wine. I know you do. We've gone wine tasting before, JP. We have. Yeah, we should do a belligerent Beebs wine tasting sometime. I think I was, so I was at Domaine Serene with, um, which, you know, is already a little bit problematic because I'm not going to get into the politics, but uh, anyways, you might know you might know where I'm going with this because I was there with uh, super secret producer Skinner doing a nice tasting one day, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, right next to us was Beaver uh, quarterback Derek Anderson. Ooh, did you guys say anything to him? No. <laughs> it's he's of all you know players to have a conversation with. He's you know I'd I'd say bottom of the list. Um, I'm not <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what you open with, but all right, whatever. Cheers, DA. And Cheers. Uh, was that, yeah. Was that one of the wineries we went to for Annie's 30th birthday? Uh, yes, it was. We yes. did go there. We I don't remember there. any of the names. That was a, a couple of years ago. We not did. To, we had the big long age table. Life on that the was show. fun. Yeah. yeah. You were right. You were right. I totally forgot. That was forgot a really we went there. fun day. Mm-hmm. That was a great day. It was yeah. a long day. Right. Well, and the next day was pretty long, too, as a super secret producer skinder and i had to retrieve his car from newburgh the next day when we had been dropped off back in portland uh, <laughs> how did you get back to newburgh i think we just ubered oh i really God. think we just ubered. I, I, it was a pricey uber but i think it was uh we called a couple people it's like hey we don't want to you know presume anything but are you running any errands today are you potentially running any errands to newburgh uh i think they maybe called uh, scott's beaver dam should have called Scott's Beaver Day. We didn't know him at this point. Um, he still so that would have been. Hey, Scott, will you come from Newburgh to Portland and drive us back to where you live? Uh, Scott's <laughs> uh, an all timer, though. Um, I couldn't put that on Scott. Uh, I forget. I think we ended up. We like tr- got like Bodie. Shout outs to Jake Bodie, who recently had a birthday. A good friend of the show. The Yankees still suck, by the way. Um, and I think he <laughs> took us like half of the way because he was like going somewhere and uh, my uh oregon geography besides the coast portland and corvallis is messed up so i'm not even sure where what halfway between portland and newburgh would be but i think he got us about halfway and then we ubered the other half and then we went to uh wolves and people on the way home which is a great brewery great brewery definitely recommend stopping there yeah yeah it's just such a cool vibe i mean it's in like a freaking old family owned barn how, I know, how it's cool so is that cool. yeah it's it's one of the coolest uh atmospheres of a of a brewery that I've, I've been to uh in my life um well speaking of cool shit we've had to cover a handful of negative things as i still think it's been a very great year we mentioned how many times often that 2021 was an incredible calendar year for oregon state athletics uh, the winter's been a little bit tougher with uh, the men's team, say, doing what they're doing. And uh, Taylor Jones being hurt for the women's team, uh, even though they've got uh, we've got a great few talking points uh, for them later in the show. But we can go to Old Reliable for Oregon State sports, and that is going out to the diamond. Uh, it might be a torrential snowstorm outside of my window right now, but it is baseball season. Uh, It's especially baseball season in Arizona and the Oregon state baseball team put on a show this weekend. uh, Their first four games in action four very convincing wins. uh, One, one nine to five nail biter against Gonzaga where (laughs) they just gave up a a handful of runs late as a, Mitchie Slick was getting getting some of the younger guys as much uh, experience as he can. But it's it's two wins against New Mexico. It's two wins against Gonzaga. 
I don't think anyone's playing the parade route yet, but when you go into a season with high expectations, as we outlined with our friend Mike Rooney on last week's show, you do want to see the team make a statement right away, and they did make about as much of a statement as they could this weekend. I You can't really ask for anything more than uh, what they put in, and I know you were able to watch a bit more of it than I was, JP, so I just want to get, get your thoughts on uh, the, the first four games of, uh, of this baseball season. Well, if there's no better way to forget about winter, it is a 4-0 start with baseball in Arizona. Yeah, we should have gone. Damn it. We should. Yeah, yeah, exactly. First, like first and foremost, okay. I didn't actually watch many of the game, any of the games live. I listened to them live and I want to shout out Josh Warden because he crushed it on the broadcast. Good job. Absolutely crushed it. He's doing a a tremendous job filling in. And I just, the way he painted a picture of what was going on (laughs) made me really excited for him. Hopefully sticking around to be, you know, the future voice of the beef someday. So yeah, way to go, Josh. When it comes to the season and how this started, it's exactly what I was best case scenarioing. Like it was like pitching returned. We knew we'd have strong pitching. Honestly, the way that the season ended last year, we kind of knew it was like, man, we just weren't carried to the goal line with our pitching period. It's mm-hmm. all we had going for us. And they started to kind of sputter in Fort Worth. They're not sputtering right now by any means. These guys are crushing it on the mound. Pitching looks phenomenal. But now the bats are alive. And obviously, (laughs) you can look at a box score and just assume they're alive. I mean, look, New Mexico, Gonzaga, I don't know. Are they slouches? I would say they're pretty respectable programs. And Gonzaga was in the Eugene Regional last year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, like, so was was Oregon. (laughs) But anyways... Different topic. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking this season. It's who, I don't know how we, how it all pans out. It's hard to say, um, but the bats were alive and it was so fun to see these guys. Like we've never really had like a, a mashing type program. No. And I, and I think this year is going to be that kind of season where we're not nail biting with like a one run lead mm-hmm. heading into the ninth. We're going to, it's going to be like pour it on, light the fire up big and just like run away with these games. So at least in the first four games, not to overreact by any means, mm-hmm. but Bazana looked as great as advertised. I would say for a freshman, the way that, I mean, there was some, some mistakes. There was one time where he went like first to third and he probably should have just hung out at second and got thrown out. But like the dude, it's the first four games and we're four and yeah. and this guy is going to be a monster in the lineup. So yeah. we just have a ton of, uh, a ton of hope and a ton of upside yeah. with, uh, with this offensive side of our baseball team this season. We sure do. And it like also was the grand slam by TJ Wheeler, the only home run too. Yeah. Of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, and what a grand slam, a mercy rule inducing grand mercy slam. rule walk off grand slam. I did not have that on my bingo card. No. <laughs> but so yeah, that amazing. Was, that was sweet. The video of that is sweet. Um, yeah. Just it seemed like everyone was getting two hits in every game, at least. And everyone was getting a single double. Uh, you know, Justin Boyd got, I think, three stolen bases in, in the first two games. Um, uh, he looks great. The whole lineup looks great. Jerpy and Phoenix were awesome on the mound. And I think uh, this this upcoming series with Xavier, and I, I say this not knowing really anything about Xavier baseball, uh, good basketball school, though, so I could see them having <laughs> a decent program, whatever. Uh, that we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll, we'll learn a little bit more um, about the Beavs, and hopefully they, they're coming back to Corvallis uh, ready for the – home opener at Goss uh, with a 7-0 and record. Uh, but, you know, who knows how good uh, New Mexico is? Who knows how good Gonzaga is? But that we didn't leave much, you know, room for doubt in any of those four games. So even if, uh, you, you, even if New Mexico turns out to be the worst college baseball team in the country this year, like that, you usually win that game 21-1. to Yeah, that's how, you, that's how you handle business. That's why either way, it looks good. <laughs> And they could end up being pretty good. So <laughs> I think uh, I think the benefit of the doubt goes to the Beavs and to Mitchie Slick. Uh, we we got our hard hats on 
figuratively. Yeah, uh, we don't. Are they doing that we, again this year? I really hope so. I, hope I am so on too. the hard hat train. We're, we're on back the on the. Hat. I know we uh, expressed some skepticism uh, early on in in this podcast life. Uh, we might have to make some chop them uh, belligerent beefs hard hats to to show our support. That might be. Hold on, next. let me clarify that we never we never expressed skepticism about Canum. I no, would say that for the most part, we've been all of us have been very. Pro yeah, it was just from the moment. Actual was, hard hats. I was like, "Is that the coolest thing?" Uh, but you know, if the the kids like it, then they like it. I don't. I don't. I don't we just needed something to talk about. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, um, yeah. Get get your hard hats out, uh, Mitchy Slick. We're we're ride or die for you um, this year. And yeah, JP, check in with the supplier. See if we can get hard hats made. All right. Might need to be a special order. <laughs> We may it might be a limited edition, like one four of, of one them. of one of one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Nice. Yeah, but epic, epic all around weekend. Way to kick off the baseball season. Mm-hmm. There, there was. It was funny. There was a point. <laughs> I'm like embarrassed to say this, but there was a point in time yesterday where so we're recording on Monday the 21st, right? So they just or yesterday just had wrapped up the end of uh, the doubleheader. So after the game one of the doubleheader in the morning, I was like, okay, 21 to one. 13 to five, nine to five. I'm like, are we regressing to the mean a little bit here? Is this? <laughs> and then that 13 to three just comes right. in and you're like, okay, we're, well, we're still, we're still elite. Wasn't the nine to five, nine to zero in like the bottom of the eighth. I think it was like nine to two. Okay. Yeah. And like Mitch was just trying things. Cause you know, you want like this, these are about winning. These games are about winning, but also you want Mitch to use them as, you know, uh, tools for development as well so it's we want depth games, right especially yeah. early yeah you want to make sure your depth is good and guys get experience so but we have guys that are getting experience that's what's crazy mm-hmm. i mean like we, honestly most of the guys making noise are freshmen and sophomore guys so it's that is god that's scary for yeah <laughs> exactly for anyone who has to play this team exactly so like all these young guys are getting experience but the depth is the important factor giving those guys experience because it's yeah next man up mentality and if if we need someone to fill in for a few weeks or for a longer period you want to make sure that they've got uh they've got their like their calm and their calm cool and collective plate appearances or uh pitching and relief appearances whatever it might be exactly and just and, and that too like one of the things we talked with mike rooney about was some of the real real stars of last season didn't get to unfold all the way. Like Jacob Melton had a great stretch, but uh, ended up not being able to play the full season. And so far, <laughs> he looks pretty damn good. It's a small sample size, <laughs> but in four games and 17 at-bats, he's, he's nine of 17 hitting 529 that's going to regress a little bit but i don't know that's going to regress as much as someone who normally hits above 500 in the first series of his season uh would so yeah it's just it was a it was a hits party for for everyone going up to the dish uh we also walked a lot which is also a good sign because i mean i wasn't able to watch enough to see like what kind of control all of these uh opposing pitchers had but Drawing walks is generally a stat that is fairly sustainable and usually a sign of good hitters. So it's not like we came out there, guns ablazing, swinging at everything, and we're just connecting, putting putting runs on. That's just a sign of uh, guys being smart at the plate and having really good at bats. And hopefully uh, that holds up for for the rest of the season. But yeah. And one thing that Rooney pointed out that to keep an eye on, of course, was the other catcher position. And Gavin Logan had a great debut weekend, at least for the season. Right? I mean, he batting 385 through three games he didn't play the uh he didn't play the front end of the doubleheader i believe or back end it wasn't the gonzaga game either way but yeah he you know had had a great uh a great time at the uh behind the dish but also at the plate and i think that it's boating nicely for us as uh we looked for you know our next catcher for sure I got to shout out Jacob Melton for also going three for three on stolen bases since I did that for Justin Boyd. So not only did he <laughs> hit uh, five, five twenty nine and drive in seven with 13 total bases, he was also three for three in, uh, in stolen base attempts. Um, so that'll be interesting too. Cause I don't know if we've ever been, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but have we ever been a team that runs, runs wild on the base paths? 
No, but that was the thing that uh, Cannon brought up before the, I think it was before the uh, season opener, that this season, like a difference with this team versus last year or any, you know, the team prior to that was the aggressiveness on the base paths. Yeah. That uh, we used to have some guys that could swipe some bags, but like, right. Not, not recently. And we were station to station, fundamental type offensive team because we didn't have any guys that would just like yeah quickly get in the scoring position and then let you hit a you know a gapper or a a bomb the outfield but he mentioned point he pointed out like that's the difference you should look at for this year is their aggressiveness on the base paths and that they will uh be looking to get some steals and clearly they did yeah well Nine for nine, knock on wood that that uh that keeps uh going. So shout out to uh, Oregon State baseball and to to Mitchie Slick for a perfect um opening weekend. Uh, two wins against Gonzaga, two wins against New Mexico. Upcoming series uh, again uh, from Surprise Arizona, uh, starting this Thursday. Uh, three games against uh, Xavier. They all start at uh, 12 p.m. Pacific time. I think uh, that one of the f- opening game changed. Uh, but yeah, all all noon Pacific time, uh, 1 p.m. Arizona time. If you're if you're a local and if you're anyone in the area, I mean, head out to the ballpark. Dude, <laughs> there are so many Beaver fans at Surprise yeah, Stadium. Yeah, and also that was awesome. I, I don't want to get down a tangent, but I actually I listened to sort of my first. Uh, MLB podcast today and it does seem like it doesn't seem like any progress has been made so it's kind of dying on me that the season will start delayed if if at all they're working uh, through this week hopefully hopefully so yeah I was just I got a little bit of an air of negativity uh thinking about that so um but one one team that you know is going to be in action on time and on schedule is the Oregon State Beavers and they've got another Another series in Surprise Arizona this week, and uh, we'll for sure be paying attention. And if they don't get double-digit runs every game, uh, we promise not to be too disappointed. But it'd be <laughs> dope if we can keep the slugfest rolling uh, for as long as we can. When When is it going to not be on Flow Sports? That's all I want to know. It's I- like after, I think it's after this series. After this series? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because then when they open against, they open Pat 12 play with, is that even with Pat 12 play, the Wazoo? I don't know. I never know that. Um, it's always confusing because they, sometimes they'll fit in yeah. these like pre-conference well, on, play games. On Oregon State's website, there's not TV listed for another game until March 25th at Cal, which is on Pac-12 Oregon. No, so, no. They've got Washington State March 11th. That weekend series is oh, uh, TV- Pac-12 Network. Are we looking at the same OSCBeavers.com? Yeah, but it, it's a live stream. It's not going to oh, be like a yeah. broadcast. Okay, okay, okay. That, but it will be on Pat Network. Yeah. Similar to how they do, they did with like the um, hoops games that are rescheduled. Yeah. Where there's really no like broadcast team, but the cameras, you know, on premise and they just do something locally right. for, for commentary. Yeah. I'm going to guess it's the same thing, but you can watch it. So you don't have to pay. If you get access sure. to Pac 12 Network and you're you chomping at a bit to, to watch this squad, it's only like, you know, two and a half more right. weeks until you can watch <laughs> them on TV. <laughs> They'll be 15 and 0 by then. Hopefully. Have you made plans to go uh, go down to Goss and catch any games yet, JP? Oh, I'm definitely going to catch some games at Goss, but I do have plans. This is way later. This is like in April. I'm going to go with uh, Funky Paul Molina. Dr. Funky Paul Molina, um, April 5th, Ron Tonkin Field versus the Portland Pilots. Oh, hell, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little t- Tuesday night action. Yeah, this going to be a good game. I'll yeah, be, I'm I excited actually, to do that. That was one of the first things I did when uh, I I checked the schedule to see if there are any trips to be made uh, other than a hopeful trip to Omaha. But I, I looked at because I know they usually played a game or two in Portland, but I, yeah. I cannot I cannot make that Tuesday work, unfortunately. So you guys will have to cheer cheer. Well, we're we gonna have to me. do another uh, whirlwind weekend in Corvallis and catch three <laughs> ball games. Maybe I'm still uh, I'm I'm still resting from our last weekend <laughs> yeah. in Corvallis. Uh, so I, I we'll we'll see. Uh, my my plan is for the Beavs to be in Omaha this year. I know that's a that's a pretty high bar to clear um but if they're there we're for sure going yes so um that's that's my plan that's my travel plans for now um but yeah i might i might be able to make it out i don't three baseball games in one weekend is is a lot 
even for baseball lovers like us and even when the team is dominant. But Thank you do it. I'm I'm not saying no. <laughs> Thank you. Let's ben, Benny's Benny's not here right now. Benny's the one to say hell yeah without thinking about plans or anything else like <laughs> or even checking the calendar. So uh yes, let's do it. That's my Benny. There you go. <laughs> I need not... somebody to do that. Exactly. We'll we'll have to both filter it in in and out. Um I'm still kind of hoping he randomly calls in and just gives us like five minutes. Of we we extended the invite. We did. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Um, whatever. We got 35 straight episodes with the full trio. Uh, this is what we're like. Oregon State baseball has got plenty of depth. So do the babes. Uh, <laughs> all, all three of us and super secret Iskinder, uh, who's uh, a lot of people haven't actually believed he's on the call. Uh, he's been on every episode. It's just in the, during the first episode, we spilled beer on his computer and his microphone is stuck on mute. So that's why super secret is uh, producer yeah. Skinder is super secret producer skinder but yeah you never know we might we might get that mute button fixed someday sometimes i can kind of catch a glimpse when i'm helping them edit but you know <laughs> it, it's just it doesn't fit when yeah. it's like one yeah, word we don't need my- to we don't need to mess up a, a good thing right now um and he does a great job on the back end uh even even <laughs> better than andre nicotina does on the on the ones and twos of the socials in my opinion yeah i agree um sticking with the diamond but moving on to uh another team oregon state softball Laura Bird's crew, yeah. off to a hot start, seven and three. Just went four and one in the Torero Classic, the tournament hosted by uh, University of San Diego. Uh, another team, like the offense has uh, been explosive. Uh, they scored twenty five runs across their last three outings. Uh, Frankie Hamoud earned Pac twelve Player of the Week honors last week. Uh, in, Five in bombs. Ten, in ten, well, she has six bombs now. Now, I think, yeah, total. yeah, six bombs and eleven RBI in ten games. Um, Kiki Escobar is balling as well. Uh, and they've got another exciting tournament in Palm Springs starting with Tennessee coming up. Uh, so they're playing, they're playing great. Um, and, and raking it and, uh, slugging the ball of the park a little bit too. Does this go against everything Benny believes about the, uh, warm locale and outdoor <laughs> sports like this? I, I really think that theory of his is going to be proven wrong several times. This year. <laughs> Yeah. So in other words, you don't have to be playing sports like soccer, baseball yeah. in a warm climate to be yeah, successful. But south of the Mason Dixon line is is the <laughs> is, is the advantageous, uh, you know, threshold that um, he would. <laughs> yeah. If he was here, he'd be like, I bet Tennessee's really good at softball. <laughs> Why? Well, you know, it's it's sunny there. They're in the SEC. Just <laughs> yeah. seems just seems like something that should be right. <laughs> um but yeah, and I know that that's a team that didn't come in with the same kind of high expectations uh, as the baseball team did um, for their uh, season this year. But it's looking like you know they they beat DePaul ten to nothing. Uh, they've yeah. got some good looking results on paper here. Um, so this is a team that really could uh, make some noise in in Pac twelve this year, and that would be awesome. Uh, and other teams that have been they've been playing have probably been in a similar boat. But like, dude, they've played. 10 games in nine days. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. And like to still put up that those kind of numbers offensively or even, even on like defensively to hold teams like under two runs in that USD tournament. Um, and yeah. really hadn't given up more than two until since last Saturday against Alabama yeah. when they took the L five one, but th- that's, that's fairly dominant. Alabama's further south than Tennessee. So the we right. age rule, right. they've got to be really good. Uh, San Diego, you can't go much further south than San Diego and still be in the United States of America. Uh, so that's a great win, according according to we age. Um, but yeah, looks the pitching uh, looks good. Uh, defense holding it down. It's like zero or one run in about half the results. And sort of that only uh, clunker is against Alabama. And... <laughs> I, we give them shit, but Alabama does feel like a school that's good at softball. I, I, I tune into the softball tournament. You, usually, I try to every year because it's it's really fun. Uh, I think uh, Oklahoma City is the Omaha f- equivalent for that, right? Yeah. The other the other <laughs> Rust Belt city starting with O. We might have to go to both. 
um if, if the beeves if the beeves make it to that'd be awesome but, dude i haven't been like yeah. really anywhere like that in the, in the central the kind of midwest areas other than like you and you're not close to that right. so not really <laughs> but uh Bobby ganoush got married in oklahoma city that's where his wife is from um so that was a that was a fun wedding weekend that's cool. the only time i've been to oklahoma city and i've never actually been to omaha but i've heard it's actually sneaky cool and i've heard that the college world series just as an event is awesome like even yeah. like like to the point that people who don't even have rooting interests just go every year um and it's it's a blast um and it just kind of feels like that counterculture sporting event that would be that would be the shit um Shout out Laura Berg and the Oregon State softball team. That's another uh, Amy Senecola sport. So, Senecola magic. I, yeah, I think <laughs> there's one, there's one constant with a lot of these teams that are doing well right now. It's our friend Amy. So, uh, Amy, whatever they're paying you, it's not enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> march into the office tomorrow and demand that raise. Yeah, <laughs> or don't. I <laughs> I don't I don't want the Oregon State Athletic Department any any more mad at us than they need to be. So. Um, <laughs> But great job, Amy, and the whole of athletics department as well. Um, another thing I, I need to uh, shout out just Oregon State Athletics uh, and everyone um, involved for is uh, women's basketball team. Senior day the other day uh, beat Cal, which is cool. They needed that win. Uh, that's that's important. But what's way more important is the Andrea Aquino story, um, which uh, I had heard of uh, like aspects of this but i didn't know all of the details of her so there's a great story about her in the corvallis because at times highly recommend uh, you read it we'll uh, uh i think i think we've retweeted the link to the story yeah. if not we'll we'll be sure to do it shout out steve grass for that story steve grass yeah yeah excellent excellent reporting uh great work and really what it comes down to is one of the best recruits we've had uh you know ruick is quoted as you know it was one of the bigger bigger rewards on the recruiting trail of his career um andrea had you know left uh her native uh native paraguay to come uh to the united states and pursue basketball and ended up being one of our uh, uh scott ruick's prized recruits comes to oregon state and is diagnosed with a, a heart condition and uh <clears throat> rendered un unable uh to play which i I've been thinking about it since we read the story and knew we had to, you know, um, think about this and, you know, give her a shout out on the pod. And I cannot imagine that kind of heartbreak or what goes through your mind as a young athlete where, um, you know, she talks about how homesick she was uh, those years in New Jersey and California playing high school basketball and wanting to go home and then finding basketball as this lifeline and then getting to college and it being just taken away from you. Um, yep. And to take that in stride and to stick with the program these years and be the best possible teammate, you know, that's how all of her teammates you know, talk about her. Um, that's the type of fortitude that I think is really difficult to have that, that early, early in life or ever in life. Um, so yeah, it's a, an amazing story and of course, uh, culminating in the senior day where she got to start so cool uh, go, go on the floor and uh, score the first bucket of the game against Tips cal. And score. So, yeah so shout out to cal um for also helping to uh, uh, arrange that special moment um and this goes without saying but andrea aquino belligerent beeves hall of fame yes. inductee first ballot first, first, first ballot unanimous decision so yeah, yeah that was that was the highlight of my weekend it really was yeah i agree i mean it, it was one of those stories that you know, you, you follow recruitment a little bit and uh, at least I do. And I get excited when some of these players sign, especially some of these highly touted ones like Aquino. And you're like, Oh yeah, this program's on the rise. Of course we're getting studs like this. Mm -hmm. And then you always kind of have to wait, right? Cause you get that, you get that news about like a year before they even make it on the floor sometimes. And uh, at, at, a, at the minimum, and he, I like almost forgot her story. And so this kind of resurgence of what kind of happened with her over the last four years with the program. It's like heartbreaking, but it's also uplifting because it shows you, it shows you really that uh, the, we are family hashtag isn't just like some like cheap social media mantra. It is for sure. Like how the athletes feel 
under Ruick and his, and his staff in the program and how he treats the athletes in his program. So shout out to everyone involved. Shout out to Kino for, I mean, you, you had something that you loved stripped from you out of nowhere, out of nowhere. And with so much promise in front of you and you adapted uh, in a way that many people would turn and run from it. They wouldn't want to be associated anymore. It'd be too heartbreaking, too many bad memories. And you embraced kind of this new life. And obviously it's touched your teammates and your coaches more than they could probably even ever express. And even us fans too. It's a great story. I love that they did that for her on, on senior day. And uh, I'm glad they got the win too. So all around yeah. wonderful, wonderful game. Yeah. And huge win as well. Um, <clears throat> shout out to Ellie Mack who had one of her best games of the season. Uh, coming in off the bench for, to put uh, pouring 14 points uh, in the 68-59 win. Now, uh, <clears throat> that's the last game at Gill for them. Yeah. And we're sitting here at um, with a record of 13-10, and 10, about the seventh spot in the Pac-12. Uh, I've, been, I've seen some speculation on the bracketology for the women's tournament that seven Pac-12 teams could get in. Um, the beeves that the beeves would like that because I, I think we are kind of firmly in that seven seventh spot uh so that would be great i think they really need to split this final road series against uh utah colorado and probably need at least one win in the conference tournament as well uh to get that at large bid um so yeah. you're looking at at least two two uh two more wins in these final four games it has been a very strong conference this year. Uh, hopefully, you know, you can see the benefit of the doubt. Like, I still feel like I, we hardly got to watch Taylor Jones and Kennedy Brown play together because yeah. Kennedy was missing some time early in the year. Uh, you don't necessarily get sympathy votes, um, but... Oh, they deserve them. They do deserve them. They do deserve them. And, you know, we played, uh, we played a tough non-conference schedule. Uh, and then... You know, some games that could have been wins ended up getting outright canceled. So the 13 and 10 doesn't necessarily always look like a, a tournament team, but you know, that could have easily been uh, 16, 17, 18. Yeah. So hopefully they play good ball. Like they've been playing the game against uh, Stanford that we did the color cast for last Friday on paper. It doesn't look that great, but to be down by nine at halftime and cut it to four midway through the third quarter, they were hanging with him, and it's just Stanford's a team. <laughs> They're number two in the country for a reason. They don't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, you can't leave any any rebounds uh, on the table or turn the ball over like we did, uh, but we still battled with them, played three pretty, pretty damn good quarters, and then just didn't have enough to turn it into a special upset, but... I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we ended up getting one of those last at-large bids and made some noise. Oh, nice, yeah. yeah. So uh, best of luck to, to Ruick and the crew uh, in the last uh, regular season road trip. And then uh, then we got uh, it's conference tournament time. So hopefully we get at least one basketball team in, in March Madness this year. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that one has at least hope. one, so, at least one. At least, <laughs> at least one. You have to say it that way because it's technically still possible for there to be two. It is. It's not I, going yeah, to happen, I, yeah. but it's well, it's it's, hey now, it's within the some statistical hope, realm of you. <laughs> as our as our buddy Stan Hagen says, believe, and I as to which I replied, beer leave. That's kind of the only way beer, we can exactly we can make it do this. <laughs> oh my God! How fun would that be, though? I don't, yeah. I don't even think we can't even talk about it. It's irresponsible to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but just for like the hilarity of it, like I would believe that there's a god of basketball just pulling strings, like especially with a conference as weird as the Pac-12. Yeah, just like if there is someone like pushing buttons, making results happen, be like, well, this would be really fucking funny. <laughs> Oregon State wins the Pac-12 conference tournament for the second year in a row. Six six and twenty five <laughs> record. Six what and, would the reception be nationwide of a Beavers basketball it be, team? That it would sneaks. be so bad for the conference. It would they be, wouldn't get. They would get no respect until like 
I don't even know. Like they'd have to make the final four for people to flip it on like a anti pack 12 angle. Yeah. I mean, like last year I was anticipating so much more love as a Cinderella story. I really, yeah. I really did think that we were, it was, we were underserved in that way compared to some other programs that have come out of nowhere and made a fun run in March. Madness. Not that I right. care, but like, it's the beaver bias shout out to the pain years guys. But uh, so why <laughs> that we didn't get that kind of love. And I feel like if we pulled off some sort of miracle this year, we make the tournament, people will be pissed. It would be like, yeah, I think so this too. three win regular season team is in the tournament. They're making the pack 12 look terrible. What the hell is going on? It right. would be, it would be like all out hate towards Oregon state, which, you know, would at least differ than us being, it would at uh, least be some, atten- yeah, yeah, exactly. at least some attention. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of interesting last year. And I know like, so beating that game we had against Loyola was not a very picturesque basketball game. <laughs> I didn't care, but also everyone wanted the Oklahoma state, Illinois game yeah. that what looked like that part of the bracket would have. And so when you end up with uh, a 12, seven, I think that was, um, it just gets, you know, kind of overlooked, but also, yeah, it did kind of feel like no one cared nationally, even though we beat the team that had the dude who was unanimously going to go number one in the draft. Like, yeah. Like at that point, it wasn't even like, Oh, the workouts after the season would conclude and made him number one. It was then people knew Cade Cunningham was no reaction to Cade Cunningham getting bounced in the second round by a team without a single player that like most fans could name. Yeah. Like <laughs> maybe it's because Oral Roberts won two games as well and everyone's just like, "Oh, like this 15 seed. You can't talk about the 12 seed when the 15 seeds are winning." Um <laughs> anyway, that's that that's was what last we've year. Been, well, that's what we've been reduced to to mention for uh men's basketball because of how tough the season's going. But just before getting on the pod today, we did get some good news. Yes. Drew Eubanks. Drew Banks. Yeah. The um the dude who I think I would say you can't really quantify this, but I think in the history of basketball, of every big white guy, he dunks harder <laughs> than every other big white guy. And he and he sought the a block harder than any player probably in the history of basketball. When we were in Gill this last weekend, I swear the building was still shaking from his dunk against Oregon in 2016. (laughs) Not because the building's a thousand years old, because (laughs) of one dunk by Drew Eubanks. Do you remember that dunk I'm talking about when he falls to the ground? He's just like his momentum carries him to fucking Albany, basically. (laughs) Um, God, that guy can dunk. Uh, Got moved to Toronto at the trade deadline from San Antonio. Uh, was waived right away, and he signs a ten day with the Blazers. And you know the Blazers have uh, their eye on the plan, and they've actually <laughs> been playing pretty well since this CJ McCollum <laughs> trade. Uh, Blazer fans, I don't want to make you think about that or talk about it, but uh, I, I think the Blazers will make the plan. I think they might, yeah. And I think that's why it's great for Eubanks. To, yeah, because he's got a chance. It's a great opportunity for him to showcase at home for his hometown team, essentially the Peyton years guys. Again, they called this in their pod. So yeah, Sam and Andy have that the crystal for, ball rolling over there for it being the worst season possible of the team that they cover. Like they've been rocking the shit. This oh, year. hell yeah. Hell yeah. 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 That's, that's why they, they manifested the Eubanks coming home. They took all of the Oregon state men's basketball adjacent greatness for themselves. That's why the team can't win. <laughs> Are you saying they need Come to on, hang guys. it up? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, just you know to rub some of that pixie dust um, in a, at the basketball facility. Yeah, maybe not now. Not now. Yeah, wait till next. This year. is what's gonna happen. This is what's gonna happen. This season's gonna you know go rest to uh, its dreary clunker state uh, in the next few weeks as it's bound to be, and then we're gonna win the PK eighty next year. Or the PK 180, however fucking old that guy's turning. Um, <laughs> we're we're going to win that tournament, uh, and the women are going to win that tournament. 
Oh, that would be so sick if we just we're all going to be both. We're all going to be in Portland. We're all going to be in Portland and it's going to be amazing. Hey, I want to point out, I don't really understand who makes these decisions or why these decisions are made the way they are, but did it not bother you that for the PK 80, uh, whatever, um, that there are 16 men's teams playing in that tournament and then there's only eight women's four. teams oh i thought it was four four teams. i think it's four on each side of the bracket oh four on each side yeah it's dumb it's dumb why would yeah. that be the case can someone explain to me why that'd be the case why would we not have 16 and 16 clearly it's okay uh, they're playing across multiple venues so they could have made this work either way and it actually makes me really mad that there isn't they could have made it work women's team. yeah they for sure could have made it work but there were the organizers who I'm, I'm not sure who is responsible for this Probably were like, oh, that's hard. Let's just give the women like half the number of games and they'll be happy with it. And they'll say thank you because it's the NCAA and that's how this works. But you're right. It's fucking stupid. Stupid. It's it's dumb. They it easily could be the same number across both tournaments. Yeah. I don't understand why. It's it's (laughs) because the fucking women's NCAA tournament is the same number of teams too. Like, it's not like there are fewer women's teams to choose from. There might right? be fewer total women's. I haven't looked at. I, well, not to make a 16 team, 64 team tournament. Exactly. Not, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's stupid and is uh, an oversight and it's dumb and we should let them know. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm, that's so why I brought it up. I'm letting them know more, right now. So we, that's stupid. For sure. Cause then we get more games and more, more programs to, to shed light onto yeah i mean it'd be it'd be so cool to like be able to see more of those games and like i mean look i don't know i've never been to a a pk whatever it's whatever it is but like i'm gonna go this time and i'm excited as soon as i found out they're gonna be playing across multiple venues and like i mean i've been to memorial coliseum it sucks but to see a basketball game played there would be sick yeah especially because of how much history is yeah exactly i mean i watched a, a winter hawks game there which um i think what, the winter hawks were always playing at moto when i went to games there because they kind of go back and forth or at yeah. least they did when i was living in Portland. no i think there's maybe maybe they do but the one i went to was in memorial and it was interesting that brought uh, it brought ev and he was yeah. like four and like we were like got good seats right behind the penalty box and within like five minutes <laughs> it was like a full-on fist fight right in front of us and it wasn't like yeah. But it, they let it ride a little bit longer than like the NHL does. Like, yeah, they do. They want that entertainment factor, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> cover his eyes!" Because he's just watching these dudes like just square right. up in each other's noses. It was amazing for me to watch, but not not for a four year old, I guess. Either way, a basketball game at Memorial Coliseum. <laughs> I digress uh, too far, but it would be amazing. And um, there's an opportunity there to put more games on this on the docket, and they didn't do it. That's what, and, and they did it at the expense of women's basketball, and that pisses me off. Right, because let's take a look here at the at the field for the for the women's side of things. It's this. It's the same time frame, which I think is good. Um, I could easily see them being like the first. They do the men's one one weekend. And then they put the, they initially scheduled the women just as an afterthought, like the next weekend. Um, so I'm glad they didn't do that. It is going to be. Oh, I found it. So here are the teams, the fields for each, each tournament. There's a legacy okay. tournament for both men's and women. So legacy uh, for men's Duke, Florida, Gonzaga, Oregon state, Portland state, Purdue, West Virginia, Xavier legacy women's Duke, Iowa, Yukon, Oregon state so. invitational men's. Iowa State, Michigan State, North Carolina, Oregon, Portland, Alabama, Yukon, Villanova, Invitational Women, Iowa State, Michigan State, North Carolina, Oregon. Okay. So there's going to be two winners for both. There'll be two men's winners and two women's winners? Or do the the bracket champions face off? Yeah, the men's teams will play three games, and then each one on Thursday, Friday, Sat, or Thursday, Friday, Sunday, the women will play two games. Um, the the invitational teams will compete on Thursday and Sunday, and the legacy on Friday and Sunday. So, is there two? What is there two winners for the women's side? Even it's not even like this is two brackets of four. I don't know. This is dumb. This is all dumb. It's all led by Phil Knight. Who cares? Yeah. Well, it's just him jerking himself off for his own fucking birthday. So, (laughs) um, whatever. We'll be there. (laughs) I guess we'll buy tickets that go 
somewhat directly indirectly it's a phil night what a, thanks for the invite phil yeah we're stoked um we should probably do a live show with the peyton years that weekend that'd be sick let's do it that, that'd be sick let's, if they uh, want to we'll do that with us guys know. they probably do they we like did, us we I cut think, we so. cut them off in the color cast on, on maybe accident. maybe this will be when we get we actually get credentialed for uh <laughs> high profile okay yeah don't 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 get your hopes up <laughs> hey they, they can't they can't deny us forever they can try but we're not going anywhere we're yeah going to the goddamn tournament it's kind of like playing chicken <laughs> who's gonna give up first here <laughs> they'll come the to their wills. senses sooner or later and if we even we'll see if we even still want credentials at that point yeah we do we do. We still do. If, if you're, if you're still, if you're still listening, um, but yeah, welcome back uh, to Drew Eubanks. Welcome home. I should say. Uh, anything else on men's basketball? I we kind of sort of played a decent half against Arizona. Yeah, it was fun, and then it became it was not close. Fun. It was close at half. What else are you gonna say? I okay, I'm at a loss. I got one thing to say. Glenn Taylor Jr. is a is a future star. I hope he sticks around. He is my all-time favorite, Glenn Taylor. That's not hard to do. So no, let's remember that our really bar like is him. very low. When we when we were at the games last weekend, I was over and over again because we were moving around a little bit. So at one point I was sitting next to you, at a different point I was sitting next to Benny, at a different point I was sitting next to Skinder, and I think I was like, "God, like, dude, I really like Glenn Taylor Jr." And then even later at the bar, I was like, "Terry, we know. Stop talking about Glenn Taylor Jr. It's getting weird at this point." <laughs> well, I saw Glenn Taylor Jr. I gave him a little nod when I was in line for uh, some Dippin' Dots. <laughs> he, walked by me, he walked by me at the women's game, and I was like, there oh, he nice. is. There's the man. Yeah. But I didn't want to, like, stop him. He was clearly on the mission, but he looked at me, and I gave him a little nod, and he gave me a, yeah. a quick nod. Maybe he just liked Dippin' Dots. He was, I don't know. He couldn't have just liked Dippin' Dots. Do you th- is there – do you think uh, – how many players on the Oregon State basketball teams do you think like Dippin' Dots as much oh. as your five-year-old son? I mean, do does anyone not like Dippin' Dots? I, mean, I know it's like – I like, I like yeah. Dippin' Dots. I mean, it's kind of weird. It's just weird, but it's the future of ice cream, and it'll always be the future of ice cream. It's it's been the future. Yeah, it's been. The, I remember seeing Dippin' Dots as like an eight year old, being like, "What are these? <laughs> yeah. They're still around. They're still the same. Yeah, uh, they're still probably uh, they're just you know that's that's a business venture. Just invent a food that's only going to be sold in places where it's really overpriced. Yeah, but. Kids are going to parks, love it. arenas, stadiums. Your son got to have Dippin' Dots three days in a three row. Three days in a row. Three different flavors, too. He didn't, like, settle for one. He was, like, trying them all. It was awesome. <laughs> I love that. Uh, good for you, Everett. You did a great job last weekend. Um, <laughs> uh, moving on uh, from that, um, gymnastics had a, a, a great showing against uh, Utah this last weekend. Came up yep. a little bit short, but Utah's uh, really good. And has their their last home meet of the season. Uh, so head to Gill for Senior Night on Friday. If you're, if you're anywhere near, if you're in the state of Oregon, go to Corvallis this Friday. The go meets are so fun. They're so fucking fun. Yeah, that was amazing. I, I'm like, I'm mad I'd never been in one before last weekend. Yeah, I'm mad too. I'm like mad. I'm I'm mad as shit. Yeah. And, it, and it's actually funny, like since since going and like watching on TV, you kind of get a better lay of the land, like what's actually happening, because like you don't really understand like where the equipment's set up and like the position and everything else. They kind of give you a little bit of like a pan every once in a while with the broadcast. But like when you see it in person, it all makes way more sense to watch mm-hmm. the broadcast afterwards. So yeah. do it just for that, but uh, definitely do it for the seniors. And if you are on social media, please join us in tweeting at ESPN. Yeah. to give some damn flowers to Jade Carey. I don't know how many more perfect tens she needs to have for ESPN to just mention her name, but they haven't done it since she won gold in the Olympics. And yeah, uh, yeah I think it's a travesty. So, hey, ESPN, if you're listening, which I'm <laughs> sure all of you are, yeah doing your your good your good research there's probably some researcher at espn who there's like hate listening to these guys consume (laughs) consume everything let us know if anything's notable um if we say if we say espn like a thousand more times maybe we'll show up in their like clips uh like radar like no one's listening to it but like like hey we got like five thousand mentions on this someone said espn five thousand times on this podcast (laughs) that's not about espn so espn if you're listening espn do you hear me, ESPN? <laughs> hey, ESPN. Mention, 
Mention Jade Carey's name, ESPN. Yeah. Maybe on the next Sports Center on ESPN. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is Sports Center on, on ESPN. Or now we're getting know, sued. You can't NFL say that with ESPN. Yes, we can. You can't. We're not using it as our advertisement. This is me just mentioning <laughs> a fucking slogan that they had. I'm not stealing it. We, if we were doing like this is belligerent or like this is I don't know, then we might get sued. But we can talk about their ad campaign. Okay. You know? Sure. We play five seconds of songs illegally. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We haven't done one today. JP, please play five seconds of the Sports Center intro music. <laughs> Fuck you, ESPN. <laughs> we don't care. We're edgy. <laughs> See us in court. Yeah. Actually, don't. actually, don't. We won't. We we won't uh, last very long there. No. Uh, despite being fairly well connected for two people who uh, or three people who didn't sniff law school. Yeah, we got um, lawyers. So anyway, we do have yeah. lawyers. Yeah, we know lawyers. We, we do got lawyers. We got lawyers. <laughs> this this operation is more professional than you think. More professional than anyone thinks, even we think. Uh, yeah. But yeah, head, head to Gill um, for uh, the the awesome gymnastics team um, and their their final two, uh, tune up before going to uh, the Pac twelve uh, tournament, and then uh, then regionals, which uh, is will either be uh, I think the most likely places are either Seattle or uh, Champaign, Illinois. <laughs> Amy mentioned to me uh, in Corvallis, like Champaign is just a quick 20 minute drive away from Minneapolis. I think it's actually 12 hours, but you know, Midwesterners, we love our road trips. It's part of our DNA. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. You should do um, it. I don't know if I'd make it out there to Illinois, but uh, I'll be watching. It's yeah, it is. It is not close. And <laughs> even like Chicago, I'd say is a good, is an, doable drive but to say it's close is a little misleading and once you hit chicago you still have a whole ass illinois to drive before you get to champaign and the university of <laughs> illinois campus though i do have friends who went to school there and really liked it so i'm sure it's a fun college town uh, and a beautiful area um <laughs> uh before we quickly get out of here uh on a couple men's soccer notes um Former Beaver, uh, Sofian Jafal, has been getting love and a lot of starting minutes with uh, DC United uh, in the preseason so far. This uh, MLS season uh, starts this Saturday, uh, February 26th. Uh, I heard about, uh, I heard his name on a po- on the MLS Extra Time podcast. I was listening to it today, actually. And he was two of the host picks for uh, the Super Draft uh, selection to show out the most this year. Um, which isn't necessarily be like rookie of the year and newcomer of the year, but just sort of the best player who got uh, drafted. And MLS, you know, I'm a fan of the league. You're not, JP. That's okay. There's a lot of weird rules. And one of those rules is a limit to the number of players who are classified as international players you can have on your roster. It's not a small what? limit, but it's a limit. It's like, I don't even know what the actual limit is. Everyone's classified as something. But like people burn international slots like all the time. Uh, it's not like it's like two or three. It's it's significantly more than that. But since uh, Sofian's from France, he's an international player, and there are some coaches uh, who this uh, you know podcaster was quoted as saying like they, he was on top five, top ten on a lot of players' boards for the draft class, but they would have had to use an international spot on him. So he slipped to the second round, and now it looks like he's in a really good spot with DC United and fits well because he's gotten a lot of minutes in preseason. Uh, so I, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he plays great right away. And I know he's probably pissed about slipping in the draft, but uh, sometimes when you uh, fall that far, it's just uh, to make sure that you end up in a better spot. So uh, shout out to you, Sofian Jafal, and uh, best of luck with this uh, coming MLS season. A season that I will now be more invested in than I thought I was going to be. Because it's a little bit of personal news. Uh, I uh, officially am going to be uh, doing some freelance writing for Minnesota United FC, a.k.a. the Loons, this season. Well done. Mention that on this podcast because that means I am covering the team that employs uh, bangers only himself, Oregon State great Hassani Dotson. New dad, Hassani Dotson. Congratulations again to him and his wife, Petra. So I'm excited to get in the get back in a press box again. I'll get to go in person, uh, which is, you know, fun. 
considering that you'd be too busy for us now you have a real job no no it's not it's not even a real job <laughs> uh, i have to i have to keep my real job um and i will also keep this and my several other fake jobs but um yeah i'm excited um it, yeah i will i will never never uh, i'll always have time for the bebes you know yep. this thank you you know this i'm not like benny who's just gonna go to hawaii i know let's call him like zoom doesn't get to hawaii I know Benny just instead of being on the beach and like looking at the stars right now, he wants to be inside yelling at us about men's basketball takes <laughs> and how bullshit the PK two ninety five is. Yep. But yeah. Um, so yeah, any anything else from you, JP, before we uh before we get out of here and call it another another ooh, great episode? Ooh. Yeah, I do want to shout out Warren Gray again. He did clear up a ton of stuff questions wise that we had last episode regarding gymnastics. And maybe as a quick hitter before we go, we should let everybody know. Yeah. If you're new to gymnastics, the gymnasts usually stick with the same choreography and music for their whole season. Oh, damn. Uh, and sometimes they even use it for more than one season. And that teams typically have a choreographer helping them pick the music in the routine. So there's also like a catalog for said music, but they can kind of cut and search for songs at their own will to fit their routine. So if you were curious about that, that's the answer. Thank you, Warren. You're always helping us out. We're newbies and you're an expert. If you're, <laughs> if you're not following Warren and you wanted to see some commentary on Jim, I think that you guys should follow Warren at Warren D Gray on Twitter. Hell yeah, Warren. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. So on behalf of uh, the two present co-hosts of Belligerent Beeves, myself, Terry Horstman at Terry Horstman on Twitter, at Terrence Horstman on Instagram, at JP Bertram, at the Trill J on Twitter to Trill to be real. That's the underscore Trill underscore J. Jay, what's your Instagram handle? At JP Bertram. Just at JP Bertram on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I thought I knew that. I could, I'm more I professional there. It. I haven't posted anything in like four years. You are a little like more professional years. on Instagram. <laughs> so you're not unprofessional there. Exactly. Um, if you're listening to this and you haven't, do me a favor, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, go to wherever you're listening to this on and give us a five-star rating. If it's on Apple, you can leave a review, which we appreciate. Uh, Spotify, it's just ratings. And I'm sure if you're listening on any other device, there's probably a rating system uh, somewhere on, uh, on that website. Please give us one, two, three, four, five stars. It really does help us grow the show a lot. And we really appreciate your loyal listening, check out our Patreon uh, hmm. and our merch store at belligerentbeeves.com slash merch. Lots of stuff going there. Uh, at the end of the month, we'll be uh, posting a lot of new content to the Patreon page. Um, so keep it, keep it out there and uh, sign up for any tier now to get uh, Patreon access and Discord access uh, before, not before it's too late, but just... <laughs> No time, no time like the away. <laughs> Before it goes away, never. Um, so yes, we have time, but for everyone who's joined the Patreon already, thank you for uh, for holding us down and for uh, helping us uh, do this with a little bit of a contribution. Um, again, I am Terry Horseman with my good pal, J.P. Bertram, super secret producer of Skinder, uh, and on behalf of Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian B.H., who's just having too good of a time in Hawaii to come say hello. Uh, <laughs> this has been another... A uh, thrilling episode of the Belligerent Beast podcast. Lots of exciting stuff uh, coming up with uh, the spring season, and we'll be here to cover all of it for you. So thank you again, dear listener, for tuning in. Have a great week. Have a great rest of February. And remember, always remember, remember, you cannot spell chop them without hope. Chop them. Chop them. <laughs>